it isn't time for more ASO Radio. I, of course, am your host, NZ17. As usual, we have a smorgasbord of things for you to enjoy on this wonderful episode of ASO Radio 127. Of course, we're going to start things off as we usually do with news, and since we missed a week or two, we've got a heaping helping of it. So prepare to listen to all that's been happening in the merry month of May. Or at least prepare to listen to all that I consider worth repeating. First, we're actually going to be getting a new magazine. About.com reports that a new quarterly comic magazine, one that will showcase comic artists, is slated to premiere in the United States in January of 2011. Fawn Lau, a graphics designer who has worked on the American releases of manga titles such as Fruits Basket, Chobits, and Natsume's Book of Friends, is overseeing the creation of the magazine. Oki posted an interview with Lau and some of the artists whose works will be featured in the magazine. Lau said that the magazine will feature serialized stories, one-shots, illustrations, and articles. Lau has used the Kickstarter website to raise the $10,500 needed for the project to move forward. Published artists such as Christy uh, Lajewski are contributing their works to the project. Let's see here. Next up, Hitalia and plenty of it. The North American anime distributor Funimation announced on its blog on Friday that it has begun streaming the first four subtitled episodes of Italia Axis Power's historical comedy anime on its own website, YouTube, and Hulu. Funimation announced the license of the 52-episode series in January. The blog also noted that the dub for the series will give the characters accents appropriate to their country. Also on Friday, the North American manga publisher Tokyo Pop officially confirmed its license of the Hidekaz uh, Hima Ruru, whatever, original Hotelia manga. The Amazon online retailer has listed the first volume of the manga in early April. Tokyo Pop plans to release the first volume on September 10th, just in time for International Hotelia Day. In a separate development, the official Japanese blog for the Hitalia anime revealed last month that a new game, Gakuen Hitalia Portable, will be available on Sony's PSP system this year. Both the original manga and the anime adaptation take the archetypical characteristics of about 20 countries and regions and anthropomorphize them as mostly Bishonen characters. The story reimagines various historical article, uh, eras, including World War I and World War II. Next. Town of Evening Calm manga made into a planetarium show. The Hiroshima Children's Museum has adapted Fumio Kono's Town of Evening Calm Country of Cherry Blossoms manga into a planetarium show that will be running from April 24th to September 5th. The story follows two young women in a family dealing with the aftermath of the Hiroshima atomic bombing. A woman in 1955 and her niece decades later, Kono, who is a Hiroshima native, uh, supervised the 50-minute planetarium show. The show's footage takes 130 frames from Kono's manga art and adds motion, voices, and special effects. The museum emphasizes that the show is not animation in the traditional sense. The program marks the 30th anniversary of the museum's opening. The original manga won the grand prize at the 2004 Japan Media Arts Festival and the Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize's Shinsei Award in 2005. After Last Gas Publishing and Jaw Press released it in North America, the manga won one of New York Magazine's 2007 Culture Awards. It was also adapted into a live-action film in 2007. And believe it or not, Kaon is, yes, just this popular. 
The five-girl band Hokago Tea Time from the K-On, or K-Own, depending on how you want to say it, anime series becomes the first anime characters to top Oricon Survey Firm's weekly singles chart. Not only did Hokago Tea Time's Go Go Maniac opening theme for uh, opening theme song for K-On reach number one for the week of May 26th, but Hokago Tea Time's Listen ending theme song ranked number two for the same week. The band is only the third female act to ever rank one two simultaneously on the chart and first to do so in 26 years. Keiko Fuji accomplished that feat in 1970, and Seiko Matsuda did it in 1983. Other anime characters have recorded singles that have reached number one on the daily singles chart, and Hokago Tea Time had already reached number one on the weekly album chart last July. However, no anime characters has sustained enough sales of CD singles for an entire week to top the weekly singles chart. Go Go Maniac and Listen had been number one and two on the daily singles chart for six straight days since April 27th, all but ensuring that they would also top the weekly singles chart. K-On! is the second television anime series based on Kaki Fly's K-On! four-panel comedy manga about a group of high school girls who form a band. Voice actresses Aki Toyosaki, uh, Yoko uh, Hikasa, Satomi Sato, Minako Kotobuki, and Ayane Takatatsu performed as their respective characters in the anime soundtrack and related CD releases. Japan is going to be spending a whole lot of money to train new animators. The Agency for Cultural Affairs of the Japanese government plans to spend 214.5 million yen, approximately 2.27 million dollars, to train young animators on the job during the production of four anime shorts this year. The agency put the Japan Animation Creators Association in charge of the 2010 Young Animator Training Project after accepting proposal bids for the investment plan in April. More details about the Initiative will be provided during a Friday meeting for anime production studios interested in participating. Production on the four 30-minute original shorts, each with 38 million yen for expenses, will launch this June and last for about half a year. The animation production for each short is required to be based in Japan, and professionals will impart the know-how to the young animators through on-the-job training. One of the reasons that the Agency for Cultural Affairs is supporting this initiative is the concern that more of the Japanese animation process is being outsourced overseas, thus leading to a decline in opportunities to teach animation techniques within Japan. Jainika is a labor group established by directors, animators, and other animation staffers in 2007. And for all of you that get your ebook on, there's going to be a much easier way to figure out what manga are worth buying. It has been confirmed with former Shonen Jump magazine editor and author Jason Thompson that his Eisner-nominated manga, The Complete Guide, will be released in the Amazon Kindle ebook store on November 17th. Thompson said, I'm thrilled that manga The Complete Guide will be available on the Kindle. I'm very interested in digital reading devices, and I'm proud to have the book out in a new format. Kindle books can be read on Amazon's own Kindle device, a, on a free app for Apple's iPod and iPhone, and BlackBerry devices, and the free Kindle application, which also runs on Windows and Mac. And in the obituary section, it is sad to note that Tanie Kitabayashi, the accomplished voice actress who made a career of playing grandmother roles, including the granny in My Neighbor Totoro, passed away due to pneumonia in Tokyo on April 27th at 8.40 p.m. She was 98 years old. 
Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood director Yasuhiro Irie has confirmed on his Twitter account on Thursday that the original manga creator Hiromu Arakawa has planned out the final manga installment and that his staff is writing and storyboarding the material for the anime based on that ending. He added that he was shocked by the enormity of the final chapter and noted that there are only two months left of the manga. The June issue of Square Enix's monthly Shonen Gangan magazine is confirming on Wednesday that Full Metal Alchemist manga will end in the June issue. Kind of sad for me, I'm a big fan. The 57th Annual Sydney Film Festival will be screening Koji Masunari's Welcome to the Space Show, uh, Mamoru Hosoda's Summer Wars, and Rintaro's Yona Yona Penguin during its June 2nd through the 14th run this year. The festival is one of the oldest international film festivals, and it showcases both live action and animated works. Welcome to the Space Show will be screened in Sydney on June 6th through the 13th, before the film opens in Japan on June 26th. All three films will be part of the festival's Kid Flicks program. The 39th Annual Japan Cartoonist Awards winners have been announced. The Japan Cartoonist Association of Manga Creators has announced the winners of the 39th Japan Cartoonist Awards on Friday. The Shinya Shokudo manga from uh, Yaro Abe and the Twilight Hospital manga from Makoto Ayusawa won this year's 500,000 yen grand prizes. Shinya Shokudo centers around the people who work in a small, mysterious Tokyo cafe. The cafeteria opens at midnight to fix customers any dish they request. The manga was adapted into a live-action television series in fall 2009. The judging committee also gave a 200,000 yen award of excellence to Legend of Mother Sarah artist Takumi Nagayasu for his adaptation of the Mibu Gishi Den samurai novel by Jiro Yasada's the original novel was adapted into a live-action 2003 film entitled When the Last Sword is Drawn. Four-panel manga creator Aoni uh, Yamane received a 200,000 yen award of special recognition for his entire six-decade-long body of work. Shoujo manga creator Hideko uh, Mizuno, known for Honey Honey no uh, Seteki na Boken, won the Literary Giant Award. The judging committee noted that her work has endured from her post-war days at the famed Tokiwa So Creators Enclave to the present day. The judging committee uh, included Anne Penmon creator uh, and the creator of Mazinger Z. The actual award ceremony will take place on June 11th at the Grand Palace Hotel Akasaka in Tokyo. For Kids Entertainment has a lot of news about it, but not necessarily in the positive sense. For Kids Entertainment Licensing and Broadcast Company has announced in its 2010 first quarter financial results on Monday that it had received a non-binding indication of interest from a third party to acquire the company. According to Four Kids, the third party expressed interest in acquiring the company for a premium over market capitalization of its common stock. For them, is pretty good news considering that they're, you know, basically going through the process of being delisted for their stock being so low. According to Four Kids, the third party expressed interest in. Uh, oh wait. However, Four Kids cautioned that there is no assurance that the deal will go through. Four Kids had retained the financial advisor Montgomery and Company to help reevaluate its strategic alternatives in 2009. The company's special committee of the board of directors was planning to consider options, including but not limited to asset sales alliances with strategic partners and/or sell the company. For the three months ending on March 31st, 4Kids announced revenues of 
$4.2 million compared to $9.3 million in the same period of 2009. Its net loss was $3.5 million compared to $2 million in the previous period. Fork has acknowledged that it faces delisting from the New York Stock Exchange since its market capitalization has been below the $15 minimum that it must maintain. Now, in better news, the North American anime distributor Viz Media has confirmed that it will be streaming the cross-game baseball uh, anime on its vizanime.com website later this month. Viz had revealed its plans to uh, do so via an ad at the bottom of the Shoujo Beat email newsletter that announced the streams of it and another anime, Vampire Night. Viz will announce more details about the streaming of cross-game later on. Viz had already confirmed in March that it will release the original cross-game manga starting this October. Um, the anime studio adapted the manga into 50 episodes that aired in Japan from April of 2009 to March of 2010. The story revolves around Ko Kitamura, a grade school boy whose family runs the Kitamura Sports Store. He gets to know the family who runs the nearby Tsukishimi batting center thanks to the store's business and his own batting practice at the center. Aside from playful banter between Ko and the family, all is peaceful in their lives until a tragedy strikes their world. Four years later, Ko continues his baseball training uh, despite not ever playing a single game since the tragedy. The manga follows Ko's gradual full return to the sports he loves and the coming of age of those around him. And in, and or should I say, from the bad idea department, Tokyo Pop will be touring the U.S. this summer to promote the company and film a reality show called America's Greatest Otaku, in which Tokyo Pop CEO Stu Levy, famed eccentric, uh, and associate producer Daisuke Kino Uchi, and six interns will search America for the number one otaku. The tour will visit conventions, bookstores, and libraries across America and interview fans competing for the title. Tokyo Pop had been searching for someone to be the tour's manager. Tokyo Pop has also launched a dedicated website for their tour. In a Tuesday interview, Publishers Weekly magazine discussed the America's Greatest Otaku Project with Stu Levy. And because of their financial difficulties, 4Kids has announced some changes. What will we be seeing? Their man Khan confirmed during a conference that the 4Kids will be rebranding its 5-hour Sunday morning block on the CW network. 4Kids um, previously announced in April that it will air Dragon Ball Z Kai on the CW network and also noted a tentative title for the new block Tunzai. According to Khan, the new brand will be a Japanese-bent block. Khan noted that other Japanese blocks on American television did well, uh, citing former Toonami block on Cartoon Network. Khan said that 4Kids will be announcing some additional Japanese content, which we believe will enhance our block and garner improved ratings, as well as give us additional opportunities in the licensing area. They also announced that they will be uh, revealing 12 new properties this year. Not all of them will necessarily be anime. Kodansha has announced on Monday that My Name is Noda manga is being adapted into a live-action television miniseries next month. The story follows the wonderfully simple life of a female college student named Noda. Noda goes through most days with jeans and sweatshirts and no makeup as a freshman studying Russian literature in the fictional Tokyo Heisei University. 
The three five-minute episodes will air on public broadcaster NHK's One Seg Two digital channel on Saturday afternoons from June 5th to June 19th. The original manga runs in Kodansha's Kiss and Kiss Plus women's manga magazines. And in the bad news for the industry department, uh, the Publisher's Weekly Trade magazine has reported that the North American anime and manga publisher Viz has laid off up to 55 uh, people at its San Francisco headquarters and closed its New York branch entirely, which had five employees. According to the magazine, layoffs represent about 40% of Viz's workforce. Viz confirmed the layoffs with Publisher Weekly on Tuesday, but not the official number of layoffs. And Viz Media, after this information got out, announced the following statement. Viz Media is in the process of refining its focus and is restructuring to adjust to changing industry and financial market realities. As part of the restructuring, the company had to refine its workforce by eliminating certain positions and making cuts in other areas. We are, of course, saddened by these departures and sincerely appreciate the hard work, passion, and dedication of those that have moved on. But we feel confident that with these changes, Viz Media will be more streamlined and able to withstand the climate of the economy at this time. This restructuring was not insignificant, however, this was primarily an internal reprioritization to build toward our future. We wish to apologize to our wonderful fans if this news has caused any of you concern. Be assured, Viz Media remains committed in its obligations to you, and we have no plans at this time for drastic measures such as product cancellations or business line closures. Your favorite series are not going away. And in the, well, that's odd department, police in Japan arrested three men on Wednesday and accused them of swindling about 86 million yen from All Nippon Airways trading over fake orders for 5.6 million Digimon character sectors. The suspects are former ANA trading employees, 35-year-old uh, Taniya and 37-year-old Amano, and Suda, the 45-year-old former president of the confectionery maker uh, Himalaya Tokyo. According to the police investigation, Tania allegedly put in fake orders for about 5.6 million Digimon stickers in September of 2006. These stickers were intended as bonus prizes in pastry bread packages that Himalaya Tokyo sold. The police are accusing the three of bilking about 86 million yen for those fake sticker orders. They are investigating the possibility that the three suspects used the same methods for other fake orders for a total of over 300 million yen. An internal investigation at the trading company uncovered the alleged bilking and the company fired Tania in April of 2007. ANA Trading is the supplier and operator of airport stores run by the Japanese airliner ANA. Ironically, ANA's best-known anime tie-in is not with Digimon, but Pokemon jet planes decorated with the Pokemon characters. And since everything seems to be moving to the internet, even those slower to the game are joining now. With Media Blasters announcing that it has started a streaming service on its website. It's currently streaming the first dub episodes of Queen Blade, uh, Ikitosin, and Kanokon, the girl who cried Fox, in DVD quality and without commercials. Media Blasters also announced it will stream Magic Knight Ray Earth in the future, and Magic Knight Ray Earth is already streaming on Hulu through a joint venture between Media Blasters and Hulu. The company also noted that it will be coordinating cross-promotional campaigns on the Xbox 360, 
Apple's iTunes, the PlayStation 3, Hulu, YouTube, Crunchyroll, and Anime News Network. Media Blasters revealed in the announcement that it has also revamped its website and noted that it will also be using the streaming site to promote live-action programs and movies. Media Blaster stated in its announcement that it will be adding more free streaming content each month. So, as you heard, Viz was having troubles. But what will this mean in the long term? Um, in its statement saying that it planned to cancel nothing, uh, it has now been confirmed with the public relations and design departments at Viz were among those affected by the layoffs. Nick Mamatas, the editor who was hired to head Viz's new uh, Haikasoro uh, science fiction novel line, remains employed, however. The Beat blog notes that Vice President of Sales and Marketing Gonzalo Ferreira and Senior Director of Public Relations Evelyn Duboc were laid off. The ICV2 website reports that Senior Vice President and General Managers Ken uh, Sasaki and Alvin Liu are now the top executives under CEO Hidemi Fukuhara. Dub fans have much to rejoice about as voice, voice actress Kelly Sheridan, who plays Songo in Inuyasha, has confirmed on her Facebook and Twitter accounts on Tuesday that Inuyasha, the final act uh, series, will be dubbed into English. According to Sheridan, Tuesday was the first day for recording the dub. And in cross-promotional news, uh, manga creator Masayuki Ishikawa is collaborating with Utsunomiya-based brew uh, craft brewery Preston L to produce a limited run of Moya Shimon L. Each of the 1,000 gift box sets comes with three Moya Shimon L bottles, one pale Preston L bottle, one brown Preston L bottle, two original Moya Shimon beer glasses, and four Moya Shimon coasters. Preston L makes the beer from 100% domestic sun-dried. Eh, I'm not going to read that part. Sounds like too much like an ad. Anyways, basically, Moya Shimon is all, uh, is all about microbes, and therefore it made the perfect uh, tie-in for a brewery, since, of course, they rely on those little guys to make their beer. Oh, and in further bad news for the industry, DC Comics is shutting down its CMX manga imprint as of July 1st. After that date, any and all books scheduled to be published under CMX will be cancelled, Except, of course, for, um, well, I'll get to that through their official statement. Over the course of the last six years, CMX has brought a diverse list of titles to America, and we value the books and creators that we helped introduce to a new audience. Given the challenges that manga is facing in the American marketplace, we have decided that CMX will cease publishing new titles as of July 1st, 2010. The shuttering of the CMX line does not affect best-selling series Mega Tokyo, which will continue publication now as a DC Comics title with story and art by Mega Tokyo's award-winning creator Fred Gallagher. We'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the efforts and dedication of the CMX staff and to thank our fans who have supported CMX. The About.com website reports that details about CMX's other unfinished titles are still being hammered out. Seven books uh, will ship to stores within the months of May and June, but those will be the remaining entries published by CMX. These include entries in Musashi No. 9, Venus Caprico, Two Flowers for the Dragon, Polyphonica, 
Quintero Tero X uh, Cross Shonen, and Orfina. DC Comics launched CMX back in October 2004 with three titles, and since then introduced several notable ones, including Mandara, Land of the Blindfolded, from Eroika with Love, Gals, the manga version of Super Gals, The Devil Does Exist, Kamikaze Kaito Jean, and Swan would join their print-up in the following year. The CMX edition of some comics were criticized for editing, though later on CMX titles would be largely unedited. Later titles released by them include Shin-Chan, Emma, Venus in Love, Apothecarius Argentum, Dokoida, and A Girl Who Runs Through Time. DC Comics signed an investment agreement with Japan's Flex Comics in 2007, and their partnership led to CMX's release of Broken Blade, Polyphonica, Cardinal Crimson, and other titles. Always sad when a company downsizes, but sadder when the entire manga group gets shut down. But some things manage to rise from their grave. But unlike the Sega Classic, we're talking about El Hazard. Right Stuff has announced that its Nozomi production arm will be releasing El Hazard, sorry, El Hazard the Wanderer's fantasy anime television series. In this anime, uh, it retells and expands the story of I, AIC's earlier El Hazard The Magnificent World OVA series as instead a 26-episode te television series. All 26 of the episodes will ship in a DVD collection to be released on September 7th. The anime was previously released by Pioneer, later Genion, before they ceased in-house distribution of its titles in North America. The Anime Network also put the anime on its subscriber video-on-demand service and its online streaming service. And apparently, not only is the right stuff, but Bandai relying on the past in order to try to bring in additional revenue. Bandai Entertainment has announced on Monday that it will continue as the master toy licensee for the live-action Power Rangers franchise. Bandai America has been a North American toy licensee of the franchise since the 1990s. The Saban Capital Group reacquired the rights to the franchise through its new Saban Brands Company this year, and the 18th season will premiere on the Nickelodeon channel. The TVBS Television News Channel of Japan and other Taiwanese media sources are reporting on Friday that a Taiwanese writer was temporarily detained at the Expo 2010 Shanghai China event due to his Otaku Rebellion Army t-shirt. According to writer and education advocate Lucifer Chu, he was questioned by police for about 40 minutes since his t-shirt contained sensitive words. Chu told TVBS, the police thought my t-shirt was sensitive and gave me another one. I urge Taiwanese people not to wear t-shirts carrying sensitive words to the expo. Chu made his living translating Lord of the Rings, Dragonlance, and other fantasy books into Chinese. However, he now works to promote open source education through the Open Source Open Course Prototype System, a Chinese spin-off from the MIT Open Courseware project. And in the final bit of news, and by diehard fans perhaps what might be considered the most important news of this episode, the Dragon Ball Z Kai anime series will premiere on the American television network Nicktoons, aka Nickelodeon, on Monday at 8pm Eastern Daylight Time. That will be May 24th. The television series condenses the 1989 to 1996 Dragon Ball Z anime series to more closely follow Akira Toriyama's original Dragon Ball manga. In other words, they're cutting out all the filler. 
In addition to a digital high-definition remastering and re-recording soundtrack, Dragon Ball Kai also updates its selected scenes with new effects or reanimated footage. The series premiered under the name Dragon Ball Kai in Japan last year, and it has consistently ranked among the top 10 anime in viewer ratings every week since. Funimation already released the first part of Dragon Ball Z Kai on DVD and Blu-ray on May 18th. The series will also run on 4Kids Entertainment's renamed Toonzai television programming block on the CW network during the 2010 through 2011 television broadcast season. And that brings us to the end of a rather lengthy block of anime news. Let's make up for it with a few short yet interesting anime reviews. Episode 77 of ASO Radio, we reviewed Cromarty High School. Uh, it's essentially a collection of short anime episodes. I mean, very short. They're about half the length of a normal anime episode. And it is a conversion of a manga that's basically about a school of delinquents. All of the delinquents are very stupid. And it is about their asinine adventures together. Or just stories from school, or what have you. Cromarty is a strange series in that Either you'll find it incredibly brilliant or incredibly stupid and pointless. And it's not just a uh, person's personality and taste that determine this, but even your attitude. Some days you might, uh, one person might really enjoy this show, and then that same person might watch it a different day with a different attitude or feeling and think, this is terrible. It's a really weird series, but essentially you've got a school full, filled with these delinquents with various crazy haircuts. Some delinquents aren't even humans. Some might be gorillas, some might be robots, some might be aliens. Um, lots of crazy variety. And the show is essentially making fun of the delinquent culture of Japan uh, and takes the self-censorship that you'll sometimes see to an extreme. So characters, instead of smoking cigarettes, will go and have like strange jelly blobs on the end of their cigarettes. Or instead of going and having switchblade knives and stuff, they'll be using like pencils and combs and stuff as switchblades or various other crazy things like that. And if you watch it in the Japanese, you might notice that it sounds a bit different. That's because uh, in Japan, gangsters will go and use a more eloquent form of, uh, if you will, a more formal form of the Japanese language than people use in everyday speaking. Uh, and this show decides to take it one step further 
by going and having them speak in incredibly elegant formal Japanese. Uh, so it's a bit funny there, but of course that doesn't play through in the English dub. Uh, both the English dub and the Japanese dub are highly competent, um, and depending on your taste, you might want to go with one or the other. Neither one seems particularly superior, but as I said, you won't catch the uh, more formal speech of the Japanese unless you watch it in Japanese. Um, ultimately, the show isn't that great, and if you've watched the uh, Adult Swim block on the Cartoon Network, then you'll have essentially an idea of the kind of humor you'll see on display here. Now, it won't be any of the gross stuff that tends to be on that programming block, but what you will see is that same sort of, um, I don't know, banal humor, where it's just uh, strange situations and, um, I guess, repetition of uh, running gags uh, throughout. Uh, personally, I think the best part of this series is the opening in which uh, the characters are walking down a hallway and they're so big and bad and tough that all sorts of uh, very tough things and objects are just bouncing off their chests as they proudly walk down the hall. The, uh, the opening is great and the music is great. The show itself, however, really depends upon your mood. Uh, back in episode 77, we reviewed the first DVD, which is a bit more of a setup for the show, and... Um, you know, introduces the basics of it, where DVD 2 is more of a continuation of that, seems really not to introduce that much to the series that wasn't already introduced in the first volume, and so there's not a lot here, really. And as I said, it all depends on your attitude at the time when you watch it, which will determine how much you enjoy it. However, I didn't find this volume nearly as enjoyable as the first volume, even after having watched the first volume again before watching the second volume. I was a bit worried I may have missed some episodes from the first volume, or may have missed something important, but trust me, you can jump into any volume of this series and not need to have seen the previous ones. Um, so it's a fun show, it's an enjoyable show, but it's not, it's not a show that I can recommend. It all depends on your personal tastes and how you're feeling when you watch it that determines whether you'll find it brilliant or, well, dumb. So for um, Cromartie High School, Volume 2, episodes, I don't know, 9 through whatever, I'll list it on the website. Anyways, volume 2 of this series gets a neutral. Hayao Miyazaki's Ponyo. Yes, that's right. The acclaimed Studio Ghibli, of which we've reviewed numerous, numerous movies that they have done. Uh, it makes you wonder what it would be like if they animated a television series. But enough daydreaming. What about Ponyo? Well, it's a great show, but I have to warn you, while it is for all ages, 
uh, any adults watching the show should remind themselves that this is a program made for younger viewers. And as such, you need to go in with the mindset of uh, the protagonist. Yes, I'm talking about Sasuke. He's only five years old, and he, well, is a five-year-old. So if you're going into the show expecting something for, you know, to be primarily aimed at teenagers or an adult audience, then you are going to be sadly mistaken. But if you can go in with the whimsical, wide-eyed, explorative, adventurous spirit of a five-year-old, then you'll really like Ponyo, as I did. So what do we have? Well, there is a girl, or not quite a girl, rather. We have a occupant of the sea named Ponyo, who appears to be a goldfish. Strange-looking goldfish, mind you, since they all seem to have human heads. But let's not go there. Anyways, she goes and uh, is... Well, she's a bit of a rebel. And she wants to go to the surface, see the surface world, and uh, explore what there is out to sea in both the ocean and on land. But her father is a very protective sort and wants to prevent her from doing so. And so he tries to keep her safe and locked away from the world. But Ponyo, unlike her sisters, of which there are a lot of goldfish sisters of Ponyo, uh, Ponyo is not content to stay put, and therefore she goes out on her own to explore the world. Well, uh, this is uh, eventually found out by her father, who is not happy about it, and attempts to go and rescue his daughter. But by this point, Ponyo has been discovered by Sasuke, and has been taken up into the human world after he rescued her from a dangerous situation. Um, well, he gets his finger cut in the process, and Ponyo actually uses her magical abilities to heal his finger. But this has unforeseen consequences, as eventually, after Ponyo's father discovers this, it is revealed that by going and having contact with this human blood, that she will begin to turn back to human, and therefore gain a human-like form. And this will throw things off terribly because uh, the world of nature will be thrown off by a creature of the sea becoming a creature of the land and from transforming from a goldfish into a human. Well, there's a terrible storm that happens and it separates Sasuke and Ponyo from Sasuke's mother who rushes over to the um, old folks home, if you will, that uh, she works at. And uh, with the two being separated, Sasuke decides that he needs to go and find his mom. And there, the grand adventure where him and Ponyo go off in pursuit of his mother begins. And the two are basically on a fun little adventure where they use a boat and Ponyo's abilities in order to try and find her mother. Uh, how does the story turn out? Will Ponyo be able to stay on the land? Will her being there bring uh, destruction to the world? Does the sea levels rise to try to reclaim her? Or will the story have a pleasant and surprising ending in which everything works out? Or is it a compromise somewhere in between? Well, you're going to have to watch the show because while Ponyo is very fun and enjoyable, it is not a show with immense depth and carrying on any more about the story than I already have would probably go and, well, be more than a review should say. However, um, it is a, a very fun story. Even the elderly at the retirement center uh, really add to the charm and fun of this, as even though they may be frail and old in body, they are young and spirited and almost childlike um, in, in their festive, fun nature. And... Um, 
well, there's other characters that get introduced too, some important, some less so, but it's really a lot of fun, and if you can go into this and have um, just basically let your inner child shine and remember what it was like to be youthful and adventurous, or perhaps if you're already youthful and adventurous, you don't have to try that hard, um, or if you have children of your own, this will definitely go in and make you either nostalgic about childhood or completely relate to what the characters are, are thinking and, and going through. Um, it, it's a really fun show, and, and if you have a family, it's a great show to sit down with your kids and watch together. And even if you don't, uh, whether you're an older viewer or a younger viewer, somebody, everybody is going to find something to like about Ponyo. Now, it is a bit boring at the beginning. In the first few minutes, it's, you know, there's not much speaking really it's really artistic and more you know look at the colors and whatnot um and so some people may be a little bored by that and the middle part tends to have i don't know it tends to seem to go on a bit long in order to make everything be feature length uh as far as the duration of the movie is concerned but if you can look past the little slowness in, a, in the beginning and a little slowness in the middle you'll find a very enjoyable story and as long as you're not a grizzled hardened type that can't enjoy a slice of life show or the more whimsical or fantastical elements of Ponyo you'll really enjoy this but if you need I don't know uh, hard science based science fiction or some sort of epic Lord of the Rings story you're not going to enjoy Ponyo but for everybody else that uh, smiles when thinking about the adventures they went on as kids or are still kids at heart, you will really like Ponyo. So I'm going to give Ponyo the movie a highly recommended. And now it's time for the fan mail section, where you, the fans, get to have your say, and we update you on what's happening with ASO Radio. First, we have uh, some email that I think we should get read. First up is from Lava Monkey, subject ASO Forever. So I just recently realized that with the previous two times I sent you the messages under two of my different handles. I feel kind of dumb for doing that. Well, I think... Uh, oh, well, I am also Shell136. So I was looking on the World Wide Web to see what other people's opinions of you were, and I came across this super sweet video. I think it needs a link on the website somewhere. I can see a day that if this isn't added, great trouble will come the way of ASO Radio. Lava Monkey, a.k.a. Shell136. Well, Lava Monkey, thank you for pointing out the ASO Radio um, music video that T-Man put together. Oh, so many years ago. Why, I might even say 11 years ago. So, I sincerely appreciate you finding that uh, old upload that I did, but the quality, as you might imagine, isn't quite there. I have managed to acquire the original anime music video that T-Man made, and I hope to one day go and capture and encode that from the only existing VHS copy into a sweet high-definition digital version to place on our website or at least as high definition as you can get from VHS. Next up, we have an email from Ryan Kopp about Mail Otaku announcing an anime and manga database. This is actually a press release, but what the hey. 
Um, my otaku, the newest and fastest growing fan-made otaku social network and dating site, is excited to announce a new anime and manga database feature open for public beta testing today. The database allows anime fans to keep a public list of anime they've watched, which also uh, will allow my otaku to do a better job of pairing them with anime fans of the same interest. The database currently contains only a handful of the most popular titles, but the developers say that it is currently being expanded by a team of volunteers. There are hundreds of thousands, millions, once you include OVAs and manga, of titles out there. We'll be adding even more every day for a while. The database will give users the opportunity to learn more about each other and what kind of anime they are interested in. My Otaku also emphasizes the database use for finding legal anime to watch, with links to websites such as Hulu and Amazon. Next is a newer email from Lava Monkey. Uh, subject Ponyo in 2010. Hey, NZ. Sorry, I haven't written in a while. I was hoping you were going to come out with an episode before I wrote again. With a new Miyazaki out, I hope to hear from you soon regarding your thoughts and opinions on it. Then on your front page, you could put up a first ASO of 2010. That would be pretty awesome. Your friend, Lava Monkey. Well, Lava Monkey, if you're listening to this, then you certainly know that we reviewed... Cromarty High and Ponyo on this episode, therefore going and making your wish come true. Although, of course, it, it is May, and, and so that's two months late. But, nonetheless, we have gone and recorded episode 125, 126, and now have given you your Ponyo review on 127. Uh, Aaron Cavos writes, NZ17, thank you for uh, your review of our show Yawara on ASO Radio. Let me know if you decide to cover any more of the other titles we have sent. We don't currently have any more anime to promote, but we love hearing about people giving our stuff positive reviews. We will be sure to keep you updated, Animigo, on any and all reviews that we do of your releases. And last up from a new fan, we have an email about episode 126, our Yawara episode. Um, Bobby Sellers writes, Wow, you talk a lot. You need to edit a lot and provide your show in shorter segments. I listened to most of it, but had anime to watch. I think you are and our cast of friends and enemies are wonderful. That Animego is not able to produce any more of the series in translation is really unfortunate for the law-abiding. I will be listening eventually to the Kimigori Orange Road review, which only covered the first four episodes, apparently. Of course, he is referring to an earlier episode of ASO Radio where we reviewed the initial four episodes of that series. Uh, he continues, I have watched the television series, OVAs, and both movies. I don't care for the inconsistencies of the television series, but it makes the first movie worth watching where no one falls through time or exchanges personalities. I might write some more to you when I find the time to listen to that episode of your show referring to the one where we reviewed Kimigori Orange Road. When I rented the first few episodes of the KOR TV show, I didn't care for it too much either, but finally got around to renting the rest of the series and enjoyed it very much, so I bought it from Animego as the whole box set, and then OVAs and finally the second movie. I didn't get into manga until the VCR copies of My Zinikoku came to an end, and I was desperate to find out what happened to the characters. From there on, it was all downhill, ending with my latest purchase of Fujoshi Rumi, a high school tale of strange love that has been picked up 
for a live-action movie. And Genshiken is not a Moe show, but a show about a group of college-age otaku. Moe come up because they are... Uh, they are most of the them otaku, but the show is about what happens to them, and what happens to them is mostly what happens to other people. They fall in love and come to deal with those they love. I call it slice of life, and since it's about a sort of life I never lived, I find it interesting. I seem to find some problems with your pronunciation of certain terms in both English and Japanese, but that is okay unless you intend to make broadcasting or other communications job your work, your life work. By the way, I'm 72 years old and didn't start to follow anime and manga until I was over 65 when I found myself with time on my hands and was interested in anime when a local PBS station, KTEH, in the San Jose area, was broadcasting a few shows in the hour before they showed the classic Doctor Who. I actually remember talking about that in the news section years ago. I'd always been interested in graphic novels before that in... Uh, oh, I had always been interested in graphic novels and before that in comic being lucky enough see some great strip when I was growing up and following things like Pogo through the political years and buying the collected works in the 50s. Very different comics in the 60s and 70s as the underground comic scene artists explored new themes and their own psyches and images. Later, if I last so long, Bobby Sellers, a.k.a. Bliss, at sfo.com. Well, now that I've read that email, I think I should go back and cover on a few points. Yes, I have a unfortunate tendency to blather on a bit when I do the shows, but I like to think that ASA Radio is good for more than one sitting. So sometimes we may run over the one-hour mark, as most people actually seem to think that a 40- to 60-minute show would be preferable, but I like to think that each... Well, sometimes I go so long without putting an episode that each episode makes up for it by being lengthy when the time comes that I have plenty to say. And, of course, I like to think that I provide more than one day's worth of entertainment to the listener. I know with many podcasts that I listen to that I will resume them later if uh, I want to go and do something else, and I find it nice to have something to return back to. Uh, in regards to uh, Kimagure Orange Road, uh, we did actually review that quite a while back, I believe in the 90s episodes of ASO Radio. And uh, back then, we only got to see about four episodes uh, if uh, memory serves correct, Animigo has sent us a Kimigori Orange Road DVD or two, and hopefully we will be reviewing those in the future, though exactly when I can't say. Of course, since we've already reviewed it, I suppose that would be more of a re-review, which would fall into request with what an earlier fan mail writer had requested, so that all works out too. Um... And in regards to last episode, where I was talking about Genshiken and Moe and the woes of the anime and manga industry, I was not trying to say that Genshiken is a Moe show. To the contrary, I've actually seen Genshiken, even though I have not reviewed it on the show. Uh, and the show is quite clearly not Moe. However, the point that I was making was that shows like Genshiken and Moe and other things meant to appeal to the diehard anime fans may be actually scaring off the more casual anime fans that exist out there, and that that is why we have seen a dwindling amount of money go coming into the anime and manga industry combined with numerous other factors. So I apologize if there was any confusion uh, that may have resulted in the belief that I was calling Genshiken Moe. Um... 
And I believe that the last point that I really need to touch upon is uh, the subject of pronunciation. I will admit that for the reasons of keeping the show going, and because I really don't like going back to edit things out, because doing so will sometimes make things sound unusual when there is a cut, um, also I consider it more important to just keep on going and sometimes leave in the blurbs and little screw-ups, because they can actually sound pretty funny and help break up the pacing of the show. Uh, however, in regards to mispronouncing Japanese, uh, I will admit that I can only do my best in that regard uh, with the uh, 15 or so years of anime that I've been watching and the uh, semester or two of college uh, Japanese that I took. So I will try my best to do the Japanese, but some of the stories have too many numerous names and titles, and so sometimes I will skip some or uh, part of the names. And, of course, I'm just trying to keep things flowing instead of getting bogged down in perfect pronunciation. As, of course, trying to zoom through these, I will get bogged down in foreign words. Ultimately, however, considering how much English gets slaughtered by the Japanese to create what some refer to as English, I consider it all even if I manage to mangle a word or two of theirs. However, thank you very much for writing in a fan mail to us, Bobby Sellers, and I appreciate the fan mail from all of our writers, including Ryan Kopf, Lava Monkey, and Aaron Kavazos. If you would like to go and send in some fan mail to Acer Radio and have us air it on our show, whether it's a criticism of the show, a compliment, a comment, or perhaps just something you would like us to review in our anime, manga, or video game sections, feel free to write in to us by visiting our website at www.nz17.com slash Radio. While there, you can also participate in our poll and check out our fan art gallery, where we have all sorts of images, both from fan art made by our fans, as well as fan art made of our mascot, Bandy, her official artwork, and numerous pictures from cosplay events around the world. As a matter of fact, we will soon be adding cosplay pictures from uh, SakuraCon from the Seattle, Washington area, which were taken this year by our good friend Warp Shadow, who writes over at the Anifanatiku website that NZ17 Production hosts. Before we move on, however, I would like to go and do a little bit of reading from our ASO Radio poll, which is currently running. The poll, for those who have not participated or do not remember, is how do you most often acquire your anime? Curious in regards to seeing how the modern otaku get their fix. Currently, we have seven votes. 14% of people get their anime by buying Blu-ray or DVDs. Another 14% get theirs by borrowing from friends. Uh, 14% of our correspondents got theirs by viewing regular television, such as the Cartoon Network or the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, we had another vote for rent-through mails, such as Netflix. Two votes through online ad-supported streaming, including Hulu, YouTube, and Crunchyroll. And a final vote for online streaming through a member-supported service, such as the Anime Network. The poll will be closing soon, probably within the next week or two, so if you would like to go and get your voice heard in our ASO Radio How Do You Acquire Your Anime poll, visit our website at nz17.com slash radio. And be sure to let us know how you prefer to get your anime. 
And if you frequently get your anime in multiple ways, don't forget that our poll is open for multiple votes. So vote as many times as you feel necessary to get your voice heard in regards to the way that you get your anime. Now it's time for us to move on to our hot spot. What will it contain? For this week's hot spot, instead of doing a review like we frequently do, or uh, indulging in a new feature called the Dubville's Advocate, which talks about the pros and cons of subtitled and dubbed anime, this week I've decided that it might be best to introduce a new segment to the hot spot, which is actually a continuation of some older ideas that we've had here on ASO Radio. This new segment is called Japanese for the Beginning Otaku, a series meant to go and introduce you to some simple yet useful words that you may encounter in everyday life in Japan or that you might hear when listening to subtitled anime. This week's entry in our Beginner's Japanese series focuses on food because it is universal that everyone needs to consume some sort of food. And to make things get off on a light foot, we will go and focus on words mainly borrowed from the English language, though we'll throw in a few Japanese originals. First up, if you want to go and order ice cream in Japan, you should order ice creamu. This word is borrowed, obviously, from the English-speaking world. Ice creamu is sometimes pronounced more correctly as ice creamu, but you mainly hear older people pronounce it that way. Another word that you might hear while in Japan and ordering food is fried potato. Fried potato refers to fried potatoes. Particularly, it actually refers to French fries. So if you were to find yourself in a Japanese McDonald's and you would and you wanted to bu- order some french fries, you would have to request fried potato. Another word borrowed from English that you might want to request on your hamburger is tomato. Those of you who pronounce tomato as tomato will surely recognize tomato as an English word. Hamburger is more or less hamburger. And so if you want a hamburger with tomatoes, now you know the words to use. Hamburger and tomato, or tomato. If you find yourself a bit thirsty and in the mood for alcohol, there of course is the famous Japanese drink, sake. You can also request some beer if you're thirsty for that drink by asking for biru. Biru is how to pronounce the American or English imported word for beer. However, if your tastes are less for alcohol and more for drink, you might want to order milkyu, which, funny enough, was the popular way to refer to milk during the 1960s in Japan during the British invasion which, of course, was the pop culture phenomenon, including groups like the Beatles and the Monkees. However, today you will more commonly hear milk referred to by its proper Japanese name, gunu. Gunu is the Japanese term for milk. 
If you want to order some tea, be sure to ask for ocha. Ocha is the most common type of tea drank in Japan, and it refers to green tea. If you would like to go and order a soda or any sort of non-milk, non-tea drink, you would likely refer to juice or jusu. In Japan, the word juice has been adapted to refer to more than just the juice that you might get from vegetables or plants and refers to just about anything that you may not get that's an alcohol, a milk, or a tea. So when you see a vending machine advertising jusu, you can actually get a wide variety of drinks from the machine. If you want some coffee to drink, look for the machines advertising kohi. Also, if you happen to be ordering breakfast, remember that the Japanese word for egg is tamago. Tamago should not be confused with the word tomato, which means tomato. However, if you want your eggs with tomatoes, just be sure to mention that you want the tomato tamago. Japan, of course, is a country that loves its alcohol. And so when you say sake, it may not be necessarily interpreted that you mean rice alcohol. Sake will actually refer to all alcoholic drinks. And so you may want to specifically get across the point that you want to drink rice sake if any confusion arises. Sake is available to drink in both hot and cold uh, serving styles. And I would suggest for the first time sake drinker that it might be wisest to go and drink it cold. It has been said that hot sake, which creates a warm and giddy feeling in the drinker, is difficult to gauge in regards to how intoxicated one becomes. And so cold sake might be better as it creates less of this warm feeling and you might be less likely to overdrink on your first time enjoying sake. Uh, additionally, Gohan is the word for cooked rice. And considering that this is the week that Dragon Ball Z Kai premieres on American television, I suppose Gohan is an appropriate word to mention during this segment. Gohan, being rice, of course, is a very important staple of Japanese food. And Gohan actually refers to not just the uh, meal of rice, but to meals in general. For example, Bon Gohan refers to your evening meal of rice. And so if you want dinner, you should request Bon Gohan. I hope that this brief introduction to some common Japanese words, both imported and Japanese native, has been useful to you. If you've enjoyed our introductory segment to Beginner's Japanese, be sure to write into ASO Radio through our fan mail section at www.nz17.com slash Radio, and let us know that you enjoyed this segment. If we get enough positive feedback in regards to our Japanese for Beginners segment in the hotspot, I'll be sure to continue it in future episodes of ASO Radio. And with that, we have arrived at the end of another excellent episode of ASO Radio. I am very glad that those of you who listened this week listened. We're always happy to have fans, new and old, tune into the show, download our episodes, and spread the good word. 
We'd appreciate it if anybody out there who likes ASO Radio would mention it on their favorite message boards, forums, news groups, and mailing lists to let others know about our show. If you want to include ASO Radio advertising graphics on your site to let people know how much you love the show, you can find those at our website in our Buttons and Banners section. Hopefully, we'll be introducing new banners and buttons to our website soon, which, of course, is located at nz17.com slash hsoradio. Right now, we've got, I'd say, around five uh, buttons and banners that you could use to go and get the good word out by linking to our show. But even if you just like to listen to ASO Radio, that is absolutely fine, too. And we hope that you tune in next week. Next week, of course, we'll have even more of the stuff you love, including more news, not as much this week, but additional news from the world of anime and manga. We'll have a review, like we always do, of at least one anime. And, of course, our hot spot, which, of course, is determined by whatever, you know, hits my fancy. But, of course, the input of the fans is very important in determining what we do on the show as well. Once again, if you would like to vote on our poll or send us fan mail, be sure to visit our website. And uh, you can subscribe to our RSS feed to automatically get the latest episodes of ASO Radio. You can do that through your favorite RSS reader or by using our iTunes link to automatically open the ASO Radio page in iTunes and subscribe to our show that way. As always, subscriptions are free. And we are trying to drum up interest in our forthcoming newsletter. So if you would like to be notified automatically of new episodes of ASO Radio through our newsletter, which will actually uh, mention updates on all of the NZ17 production sites, including MacroboV and Anifanatiku, you can also sign up for our newsletter through our website. So on behalf of everyone at NZ17 Productions, for ASO Radio, this is NZ17 signing out.